It's the show with no name, featuring Herms and Jesse. Welcome back again to the show with no name featuring me, Herms. You can find me on Twitter at HermsNFL. I do stuff here. I do stuff uh, a lot of different places. But uh, there, there's another person that hosts the show as well. Uh, his name is uh, – well, you know, I, I try and do this all the time. But honestly, Jesse, you should you should just introduce yourself. Hey, so I'm Jesse um, at BGF Sports uh, on Twitter. I do stuff here, and I do stuff on my own. It's super fun. We have a super time here on the show with no name, and uh, we have a special guest. What's up, special guest? Introduce yourself What's as well. <laughs> what is up, guys? Thanks for thanks for having me on. This is fun. A uh, nice nice Sunday show. So uh, I appreciate it. I, I'm Jay at Jay Arsh. Uh, you can find me at fourteen personnel at fourteen p underscore pod every Thursday at uh six thirty for me, so nine thirty Eastern time. Uh, doing the dynasty double wing with uh, Ben C over there, which has been a blast. Been doing that for about the past couple months, and uh, we talk about dynasty, you know, fantasy. We've also been covering a lot of like the draft and prospects and kind of scouting perspective of things, having on some some smart people to talk about that. So, yeah, that's that's what I'm up to, and appreciate you guys having me on. Dude, of course, and like you know, uh, anytime I can get some crossover love with the 14P fam, because I also have my own YouTube show with 14 personnel in Herm's terms, if you want to check that out, you know, I don't like to promote my, you know, work with other places while, you know, hosting a show with the lateral, but at the same time, we got the cross-pollination going, so I gotta say, boom, there it is, that's the thing that you can find me do when you're not finding me here, haha, so, uh, yeah, dude, I'm really looking forward to getting into our topic today, because last week, we covered a lot of, like, entirely too early uh, redraft ADP data, and we're, you know, using that information up against what we've been seeing in the NFFC ADP data, courtesy of Rotowire. And, you know, we're just, you know, comparing those two data sets against one another. So that way we can really start putting ourselves in the mindset of player valuation and all that stuff. Because, you know, we're still a little far away from actual draft season. Hell, the NFL draft hasn't even happened yet. But it's never too soon to start getting those, you know, gears grinding. I almost said grind gearing, but hey, look at me. I got my words correct today. So, uh, I don't know. I mean, did any major NFL news happen since we last talked? I mean, did we talk about the Sam Darnold going to Carolina thing? Ooh, I don't think we did. I, I don't think so, right? Okay. So, you know, before we, before we hop in, obviously got to keep it topical somewhat. So, uh, yeah, Sam Darnold, no longer a New York Jet. He will be competing, presumably, if he's still going to be on the roster, with uh, <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater. Um, I've got some thoughts, but I'd like to kick it down to Jay first, if you've got any uh, thoughts on Sam Darnold being anywhere, finally away from New York. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I actually like it. Um, I, I like it for Carolina a lot, which I might be in the minority of, of thinking that but you're sitting at eight I think it also in, in the NFL draft I think it also says a lot about really how many quarterbacks are going to go potentially before eight which is probably going to be four maybe even a, a fifth if somebody else trades up so I think Carolina you know gets at least a guy who maybe 
you know, their guys were high on or who they like. And Sam Darnold, who's still, what, 23 years old or 24 years old, uh, they have good offensive weapons already. So um, I think you're either putting in one of those rookies who's maybe your fifth option in the draft. Like maybe you're sitting there being like, we might get, you know, our fourth or fifth guy on the board, or we could get Sam Darnold, who at least has some NFL experience, is only a couple years older than these guys. Um, so I like the move for Carolina fantasy wise. Uh, it makes Darnold relevant again. I think he was kind of like teetering on this off season, seeing if he would even be a guy anymore next year. So I think at least him going to Carolina does make him a little bit more fantasy relevant. And, uh, I don't think it's what everybody's like DJ Moore uh, managers were hoping for when they were wishing for, you know, a new quarterback this off season. But I think it could be more positive than, than negative for kind of everybody around for the jets. Uh, you know, clearly they're picking a quarterback at two. So we'll see. I guess it's Zach Wilson is like whatever report's saying. I, I'm still not positive on that. I mean, I, I think it should be Justin Fields, but uh, I, think it <laughs> I think it clearly, you know, shows the direction that they're going and they want to start out fresh. Um, and, and we'll see how that is for them. I, I don't know that like an upgrade really. I don't know that Zach Wilson is actually, this might be a hot take. I don't know that he's going to be that much of an upgrade from Sam Darnold if they get him and put him in that same situation. So uh, we'll see. Th those are my thoughts on it, I guess. Ooh, Jesse. What you got? <laughs> yeah. Um, I think the Jets got pretty close to fair value for, for trading away Darnold. Um, they obviously were moving on. I think, you know, starting over the rebuild now makes more sense than, you know, having to sign Darnold if he's even good uh, going forward. So I think it makes sense for them. Good, they got some value for whatever reason. For as much as NFL team scouts or ever value this year's draft picks, they don't seem to value like the next few years' draft picks as much. So it doesn't feel like they gave up too much, or at least the, the second the second round in twenty twenty two, and then the fourth round in twenty twenty two. I feel like that's pretty pretty good value, honestly. But I guess I don't know if NFL, te if NFL teams really value that as much as they should. But anyway, and they got a six this year, so I think it's pretty pretty okay value. I think. Zach Wilson's actually really good, but we'll we'll obviously see. I think the Jets situation is actually getting a lot better too, um, but I don't know if it'll be better. I don't know how much this year. I really like Becton. I like the wide receivers, Mims and, and uh, Corey Davis a lot. Mims, um, the lateral we'll, chips, Denzel Mims. Yeah, yes, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll see though. It's definitely not perfect. It's definitely not great. They got, they're going to have a good defensive line in the next year, so that'll be exciting. Um, but yeah, and then for Carolina, I assume he's gonna start I, I have to assume that's gonna happen but what's the the dead cap for Bridgewater is like 20 million though so they can't really get rid of him this year by like cutting yeah. him I guess they could trade him uh but I'm not sure what his what his value is you know it's gotta be it's probably worse than Darnold's uh but yeah. you know I trust Matt Rule a lot uh I think he can do some really good stuff with a lot of really good players and he's done it in the past I think he's doing it now I think Carolina's gonna be great for and like they're gonna be good this year, like eight and eight, and then they'll be good for the next like five years. I'm really convinced that's gonna happen. So whatever they're doing, I believe in it. I'll just say that. Kind of like a Belichick thing. I'm trusting him, trusting rule. But I mean, obviously he's not as good as Belichick, but still. I feel you, man. And you know, like, gosh, anytime you can finally escape um, being well, because I mean, they had already fired uh, Voldemort from being the head coach of the New York Jets. It's um, a good name for him, dude. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, I, I, I refuse to speak his name. But, uh, you know, man, going into that type of creative offense with Matt Rule and, you know, Joe Brady, that's going to be really interesting for Darnold. And, you know, in his time with the Jets, prior to this player leaving, like, there was a little bit of a connection that Darnold had with Robbie Anderson. So being able to reunite there, I think, is going to be pretty intriguing. I, I think 
I don't know. Like, Robbie Anderson was already very, very good last year. He was an incredibly good – I mean, the return on investment that you got, whew, man. But now he's going to be working with a guy that he already knows and, like, has a rapport with from the past. So, I don't know. That's my, like, redraft takeaway, I guess, is like, yay, Robbie Anderson again. But, uh, yeah, for Darnold, like, I don't know, man. I I like him. I've always kind of mm. felt like, you know, he's still – he's only a year older than – someone like a Justin Fields or whatever. And like, I know that's a very, very tired narrative. It's like, he's still young. Who knows? Like, but I had to say it because no matter how lame it is, I believe it. So whatever, I don't care. I will just admit that I'm just like, you know, completely just like, I I want Sam Darnold to be a thing. Maybe it's just going to be one of those things where he turns into a fetch player for me and I end up just trying to make it happen and it won't. But Hey, I'm here for it. I'm glad that he's finally in a better situation. Like, that's super cool, and I'm very happy for him. So, that is that. And if we don't have anything else to talk about, then uh, what do you say we get into some of this uh, ADP data? Let's, Let's do, do it. it. Let's do it. Yes. Oh, so we got through, like, you know, three rounds last week. So, we're going to kind of start around like the fourth round range and like looking at it. And again, uh, we're looking at the redraft data from fantasy football calculator uh, over the last week. And then also the NFFC data from RotoWire. Just wanted to reiterate that. So if for any reason you're listening to this or watching this and you want to follow along, you pull it up on your phone, pull it up on your computer, whatever, that's what we're taking a look at. So uh, looking at it on Fantasy Football Calculator, we got some interesting names to start it out. Uh, we got Mike Evans, Julio Jones, Chris Carson, Terry McLaurin, Kyler Murray, Amari Cooper, Kareem Hunt. That's a pretty snazzy bunch, I gotta say. And the overlap with the NFFC data, a lot of the same names appear. You know, there's a bit of a difference between uh, where the fantasy football calculator data has Julio Jones and where the NFFC data has Julio Jones. Julio Jones is really sliding. Uh, I kind of get why, but we can talk about that if we'd like. But I don't know. Anybody in that range there, kind of like the you know top half of the fourth round that kind of jumps out to either of you? Um, I can go first, I guess. Um, I... I think this looks like a good tier for for wide receivers to take for some value wide receivers like terry um big fan and i like i like evans too he you know i don't know if people forget but he was hurt for like a majority of this year or like at least had like a nagging injury so that was like i feel like the him and godwin both of them really together uh they kind of didn't get a fair shake out of it and with how good tom brady was playing last year i feel like it's only going to get better with them probably hopefully being fully healthy next year so he kind of seems like someone i'd be interested in and i think terry's just criminally undervalued everywhere i know it's like the quarterback situation isn't, is what it is but he's an insane player so he sticks out and julio um i mean he's i mean you know he's been in the league for a while because he came in he was like 22 years old that he's he's only 32 and i still feel like there's a lot left to go in there uh still and when he's healthy he's been fine so uh, i i like the wide receiver values a lot here jay yeah, I'm going to have to say the same. I mean, the wide receivers are, are good here. I was going to, like, initially looking at Chris Godwin. I mean, it's interesting to see with him, too, where, you know, where he was being drafted last year and where people valued him just last season. And then, I, I mean, like Jesse said, he didn't really get, like, a fair shake of it this season. He wasn't, you know, healthy the whole year. He didn't look bad when he was playing either, but it was Antonio Brown was there, too. They were kind of, you know, running this whole thing. Who knows if Antonio Brown's going to be back next year? He hasn't signed anywhere yet. 
So if it's just Chris Godwin and Mike Evans there with Tom Brady again, who, you know, looks like they were going kind of balls to the wall last year. So I think that's kind of what they're going to be uh, be going into 21 with. So if Antonio Brown doesn't come back, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans are going to be huge values here. Um, Amari Cooper is interesting to me. I'm like always criminally like low on him, uh, but this is a good time to take him, I would say. And, and Terry McLaurin too. I mean, this the you're taking McLaurin at like his floor here, I feel like for next year now that Fitzpatrick's there. And I think he's just going to feed him targets. So uh, I think it's a, a really good range to take receivers. In terms of Julio, uh, Adam Thielen, you know, Thielen's also a guy that I always kind of miss on. I feel like I'm always too low on <laughs> and You know, he, he had a good season last season. Yeah. Uh, Julio, man, just at this point in his career, I agree with you. He's not as old as he seems that he is, but it seems like every week you're monitoring Julio, you know? And like, for me, that's just always so tough. Like, cause I'm like, never sure if he's going to play. If he does play, yeah, he averages like 17 points a game or whatever. So, um, it's a great, great range for receivers for sure though. Ah, jeez. And you know, if you do draft Julio Jones in this range and assuming he is like your second receiver, that's probably where I would like him a little more because I think the days of trusting him as your lead wide receiver one on your team are over. But, you know, like has been said, I mean, like, yeah, you know, the injuries have been piling up because and that's how his career started out as well for people who forget. I mean, that was a problem for him for a long time. I mean, like, it's possible the body's breaking down, but like, hey, man, I don't know. The Atlanta offense is always super fun. But oh gosh, I just I got I got to hype up my man Terry McLaurin, dude. This guy, I mean, oh my lord, oh, <laughs> the Washington Football Team. I mean, that's my NFC team of choice. You know, I've I've alluded to it, you know, plenty in the past on uh, this fine network. Uh, yeah, dude, I I'm here for it because Ryan Fitzpatrick historically just locks on to one dude, and I could easily see like. 130 140 targets and terry mclaurin returning like easy easy top 12 value if not top five in the absolute best case scenario yeah so i mean if you're going to be looking for guys that you think can dramatically outperform their adp this is the one dude where i'm just yeah. like i'm gonna try and have as many shares of terry mclaurin in 2021 as i possibly can I, I really think McLaurin's like the answer to that question too, that everyone's been asking this off season. And like, I tweeted it too and got like, you know, a bunch of people responding to it. Cause it's an interesting one is, you know, Chris Godwin was, took that huge step from like wide receiver 27 to wide receiver two. Calvin Ridley did it this past year where he jumped up from wide receiver 27, I believe exactly up to a top five receiver. I think it was like a funny thing. Cause they were actually both wide receiver 27 before they jumped into the top five. Um, and then, so this year, Ben and I, my, my co-host, we're actually looking at, well, who's going to be the guy this year that's going to do that. So let's look at who is wide receiver 27, like from this past year in PPR. And it was Cole Beasley. So we were like, I don't know if Cole Beasley is going to make that like <laughs> top five jump, but another guy that was like kind of in that range is McLaurin. And like, he fits that bill, you know, where it's like Chris Godwin, like everyone kind of knew it was going to happen. It like opened up for him in that offense. Uh, Bruce Arians actually like, told everyone it was going to happen. And Chris Godwin takes that step. And then last year it was Calvin Ridley and everybody knew it. Everyone was like, Calvin Ridley is going to blow up this year. And he did. And then now this year it's like a little off of fantasy, but just narrative wise, Terry McLaurin's a captain of the Washington football team. He's a guy that like, even at a young age, like he's like one of the leaders on that team. They just brought in his college roommate, Curtis Samuel, like bringing Ryan Fitzpatrick to just feed him the ball. Like it's like a perfect scenario for this guy. And like, yeah, I think he's going to get 150 plus targets and just like go off this year, which as an Eagles fan, 
is going to pain me to some extent, but maybe <laughs> maybe he won't against Darius Slay. So we'll see. True. Yeah. Got any thoughts on McLaurin there, Jesse? No, I mean, I I, I would echo all that stuff. I mean, I, I love McLaurin. He's supremely talented. With Fitzpatrick as a quarterback, I feel pretty good. With Heineke, a, a little less, but still not bad. Um, they could get another they could get a quarterback in the draft. I mean, I, I doubt it, but, but maybe if they take someone like Trask in the second round or something like that, that would get me hot and heavy. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I I, uh, I just I like McLaurin a lot. I think he's really good. Um, and I think this is, again, just a really good value for wide receivers in this spot. Um was the was the running back in here that I missed? Was it Carson? Yeah, um, Carson and Kareem in... Hunt. Oh, and Hunt. Yeah, Hunt might be a little high for me here. Um, I might be a little high. Uh, I might be a little lower on him than this, but maybe it's fair. I mean, I love that offensive line. He's obviously really talented, but just the upside's capped. You know, and I don't know if I want to deal with that in the fourth round or third round. You know what I mean? I don't blame you. You know, and there were. Plenty of times last year when he was able to perform really well in concert with Nick Chubb. But when we look at his stats at the end of the year, you know, some people might forget the fact that, you know, Nick Chubb did miss some time and it was the Kareem Hunt show there for a while. And assuming health for, which is a bold, bold thing to do for any running back. But if we just are going to assume health for Nick Chubb for some reason, and he does play, a majority of the games then like yes you are correct you know like i find kareem hunt to be a fine guy to be the flex on your team that you can plug in just based off of how i prefer to construct my rosters i like to have those types of dudes that i can plug in as my rb3 or like my flex play in my lineup every week because it's like yeah you understand that it's going to be a little volatile but in the right matchup there's a lot of safety there and you know i I, of the two running backs that are in this range that we've highlighted, I much prefer Chris Carson. And I know they're, you know, I, I was I was just on uh, the Dynasty Dorks talking about, um, you know, the rookie running back prospects and all that. And, you know, Seattle has been mentioned as a team that, you know, who knows what Rashad Penny is going to be all about at this point. I mean, it's been a little bit of a frustrating thing. And after him, like, Sure, DJ Dallas is okay. You know, uh, what's the name about Travis Homer? Like, eh, mm. if they, they they could be a team that could take one of these dudes in like the fifth, sixth, seventh round of the NFL draft that like ordinarily, you know, maybe would have gone like a smidge higher. But just because, you know, as fantasy players, we always forget that there are things called uh, linebackers and cornerbacks and safeties and kickers and other positions that exist <laughs> that will make Lost it effort. so that. Yes, of course. You know, all the uh, all the fantasy relevant positions that we like, you know, they're not the only ones that exist. So, you know, maybe they could bring in somebody to take away from Carson a little bit. But I don't know. Either way, like re-upping with Seattle was a big deal for me personally, because I was kind of nervous about what would happen to him if he went elsewhere other than potentially Pittsburgh, which makes me sad didn't happen. But, you know, I mean, we, we know who he is. And I like things staying the same when it comes to redraft because we already know what to expect uh any thoughts on those running backs there jay yeah i mean chris carson is like you know typically the type of guy that's gonna like go in this range that might be able to like you said outperform the more exciting guys that are going ahead of him uh you know we're all gonna be enamored with like the new shiny you know second year running backs like the eight guys that came in uh that are now like, you know, top 20 guys. And Chris Carson's always going to have that, that ability. I do think it depends on really what they do in the draft. 
uh, and like how early they pick the running back. That's kind of like, you know, always the interesting thing. If they pick a running back in like the fourth or fifth round and they just paid Chris Carson what they did, I'm not like that worried about him, especially knowing their MO. They want to be this run heavy team. They seem to really like Chris Carson. They just, you know, turned down the opportunity for him to walk away and brought him back. So if they spend like a second round pick on one of these guys, like one of these, you know, good running backs drops a little bit, they spend like a second round pick, then yeah, I don't feel so good about Chris Carson. Whereas I think Kareem Hunt right now, at least, you know, I, I feel like what his like, you know, situation is going to be, what his workload is going to be, even with Nick Chubb there, they're also a super run heavy team. That's going to get both of those guys involved. Uh, so I don't know. Comparing the two, I think I think Carson's safer right now, but uh, I think he's a little riskier. Kind of, he's gonna it's gonna be a little riskier these next couple of months, seeing what ha- or I guess next couple of weeks now with the draft so close. Uh, <laughs> in the next couple of weeks, oh, yeah. to see who they who they add in the draft. Yeah, yeah man. Oh, I do. Sorry, I do have one thing to, to talk about real quick. So I was just looking up because I was thinking about this before, but like I'm, and this this might be kind of a little bit of a lazy comparison, but. I'm not sure that they're, like, in, at least in fantasy, I'm not sure if there's a huge difference between Kareem Hunt and, like, Philip Lindsay in fantasy currently. Just looking at the stats and the way they're used uh, over the past two years, and again, it's just something I thought about, so I brought it up real quick. I mean, what, so uh, last year in uh, Cleveland, uh, Kareem Hunt had, like, combined 1,100 yards, you know, 11 touchdowns. That's pretty damn good. He's obviously super yeah. talented. But the two years before Lindsay got hurt, I mean, he was – rushing for a thousand yards and catching about 200 each it's pretty much the same amount of rushes 192 in year one for lindsey 224 in, in the year before and then kareem hunt had 198 last year and like you said that's with uh, chubb being hurt so i'm just i don't know i feel like if we're just going on value for something like this take a wide receiver here and just take full lindsey later i feel like lindsey has more upside because we don't know who's going to be the main running back there and even if he is like you know a number two he's been that all his career he's fine as that as long as he doesn't get hurt he's a small guy so I just I don't know if there's like a huge difference there. I mean I have to dig into it a little bit more, but I just I feel like you know the upside's capped here for Kareem Hunt, and like why not just go for Lindsay later? They seem similar at least fantasy wise. Yeah. I mean I agree with Jesse in terms of what we I feel like both brought up originally too is that this is the time to be like slamming these wide receivers that are here, like the Chris Godwin, Terry McLaurin, Mike Evans, uh, Amari Cooper. Like those guys are more exciting to me and safer to me than Chris Carson or Kareem Hunt going into next year. But yeah, if you needed a running back here, I mean, yeah, obviously we talked about him, but like the the wide receivers is is the the money spot here. Oh, 100, percent. Mm. You know, I mean, like God, dude, there's always that little pocket of wide receivers that occur between like, you know, like the fourth and the sixth round that you know that's that's the spot that I really like to attack, and you know, I think like looking at this information already just further highlights that you know like when you're doing your redraft drafts like make sure you pay attention because like when the first three rounds are over and like a lot of like the super thrilling dudes are out of the way you'll just find this really beautiful beautiful list of receivers that will continue in this next bunch of guys that we have pulled up uh adam thielen another name that briefly got mentioned uh chris godwin who we've already discussed um then after him, just going in order, uh, Lamar Jackson, Mark Andrews, two Ravens back-to-back. And then uh, C.D. Lamb, that, that's a dude. Oh, my Lord. I got to say, though, <laughs> I would be a little nervous if what we have heard about uh, Jerry Jones's infatuation with Kyle Pitts comes to fruition and the Cowboys end up moving up. Maybe, let's just say for all intents and purposes, they're, like, you know, pulling up the phone and they're like, hey, Atlanta, it's me, Jerry. 
and they just you know leapfrog all the way up to four and do that and try and build this like mega monster offense and kind of do like the space jam thing like <laughs> i mean it would have to hurt somebody <laughs> so i mean i don't know but it, that scenario aside i absolutely adore cd lamb and between amari cooper and cd lamb i have no idea if this is going to end up being a weird take or not and we'll see how it ages but i would prefer having cd lamb because at this point already i think cd lamb is the better receiver because we have seen just like absolutely ridiculous play from him as a rookie you know i mean they, when he flashed i mean dude it was awesome and running out of the slot i know that the numbers uh don't really bear out some of the narrative that goes with like oh well the slot receiver doing all this work and actually uh our colleague uh justin at 14 personnel published a really good article about that if you want to check out some information about slot wide receivers um but yeah i mean dude that type of guy running out of that spot you know it's lethal i absolutely adore cd lamb if anybody has some thoughts about cd lamb you go first Jay. uh yeah i mean i, I like cd lamb for next year i don't know I mean, definitely for Dynasty, he, he's a, you know, a, a big get right now. Uh, next year with him and Amari Cooper is, is going to be really tough. I do think that's going to be like an interesting debate kind of all offseason because they are in the same range, obviously on the same team, both super talented. It, it's honestly a shame that, you know, Michael Gallup like had 1,100 yards and like was, you know, uh, yeah, it was going to be so exciting, I feel like. And CeeDee Lamb just came in and now it's like <laughs> kind of <laughs> dropped him down. Um, I don't, you know, talking about him, go, them going and getting Kyle Pitts, uh, it was just like crazy. And I actually, in my, in one of my mock drafts I did, I had that like a couple months ago and I had it more as Kyle Pitts falling to 10, which isn't going to happen anymore. Um, but I, I like can totally see it too, you know, them like making this move for Kyle Pitts when they like don't need to do that. And like, that's kind of what happened with CD lamb last year. They didn't move for him, but they also didn't need him. And everybody was like, there's no way they're going to add CD lamb. They have. Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup just had this big year and then like they got CeeDee Lamb. So uh, I think, you know, Dak coming, Dak going to be back is going to be huge. We didn't get to see like a full year of CeeDee Lamb with him uh, in, in Lamb's like first five games, I believe he averaged around 17 points per game um, with Dak. I mean, Dak was on like a historic pace, but so was CeeDee Lamb at that point for, for a rookie receiver. So yeah, I think it's, you know, perfectly fair to be debating between which one to take um, and kind of preference. I think they're both going to be, you know, studs next year with Dak. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I I like Lamb. I think he landed a really great situation uh, coming out of college. Obviously, he had a, he had a really good rookie season. Uh, I it, it comes down to a lot. Like you said, the Pitts thing definitely comes down to it. They don't need a tight end. I think they have two good tight ends already, possibly, receiving-wise at least. Adding Pitts yeah. would just be make that maybe one of the best offenses or the best offense in the NFL. I, yeah. I don't know. I got I got to watch some more Pitts take, but I, I I like him so far. But yeah, I mean, I think this comes down to like the curious case of Michael Gallup. He had 105 targets last year. Is that going to go down? Is he going to come back up? Is he going to be a good player next year? I, I think a, a lot of that depends on what he's doing. I'm not sure where I'm at with him. Uh, this, this feels a little bit early for CD Lamb, but it's a great situation. Great quarterback with a high-flying offense before Dak got hurt. So I get the upside. This kind of feels like he won't fall in this outcome. This is just like either he goes really high and he'll be he'll be a lot better than this, or he'll be, you know, boomer bust, he'll be a lot lower. So I I just I don't know what's gonna happen with Gallup. It's 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 super interesting because I don't know if those targets are gonna come down right or I don't know if yeah, I don't know what's gonna happen. Um 
I think it's kind of tough. Is is this one of those things where you're looking at it and you're just like, it feels like a trap. It feels like a trap. Oh my god, what am I gonna do? Like, it feels like I'm gonna take the uh, the lowest ADP wide receiver out of these three probably, and just hope they're the best one. <laughs> or hope they're the best bang for buck. It's kind of what I feel like I'm gonna do in this offense, um, at least. So, hey man, you know, I, I don't blame you at all with that. And like, oh my gosh, like our our homie Malcolm at McLateral FF. I mean, like this was a dude uh, talking about Michael Gallup. Uh, we had so many conversations about Michael Gallup entering draft season and even throughout the year, just being like this, like weird kind of up and down thing with him. And it's just like, you know, it's like, we know he's good, but it just won't work. And it's just like, I don't know. Like, ah, geez. Cause like in a scenario in which they do not end up taking Kyle Pitts and it's kind of just like a little more of the same from last year, which I think would be my preference in terms of my desire for continuity. <laughs> um, I don't know, like, it happened enough times last year where he was, like, kind of usable. It was a little frustrating to figure out when it was going to be, but how much of that really had to do with Dak Prescott not being there? And his name's going to come up very soon, and I'm very much looking forward to discussing him. But, I don't know, that, that Cowboys offense, I mean, as much as it pains me, the Washington football team supporter, and Jay, the Eagles supporter, to talk about how good <laughs> the <laughs> Dallas Cowboys offense is, it's like, well, credit where credit's due, because this is not bias time. Uh, this is just facts time. So, yeah, dude, I don't know, that mm, whole whole lot of cool stuff there. I also just want to quickly highlight, uh, th- this is decent value for uh, tight end Mark Andrews. I mean, he is actually, I want to say a little higher or maybe like around that range in the nfc data actually no wow he hmm. i'm having a hard time finding his name wow he's, he's way 66. lower yeah oh, 66 yeah okay well maybe, Wait, so, maybe i like that a little more but uh what's up jay before we move off move off cd really quick just like his, his beginning of last season i mean he had over two he had two games where he had over 100 receiving yards uh, a third one where he had like 80 yards. He was getting targeted pretty much like uh, only one game under seven targets. Uh, you know, he, he was like on pace already in those first five games to have this massive rookie season. And, you know, with a full off season and Dak coming back and yeah, man, I, I'm, I'm pretty excited about him. I've been kind of making the, the debate in dynasty too about him where I don't know that Justin Jefferson is on this completely different, you know, level than where CD lamb should be for people at all. Like, and I feel like that's where a lot of people are like kind of viewing it where CD lambs like kind of in this second tier. I don't know. I feel like they're kind of in that same, that same boat, honestly. Yeah. It's a great situation for sure. (laughs) Personally. Yeah. Um, Yeah. He's a good player too, but yeah, yeah, we we can move on from CD now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm glad you mentioned that though. Cause I, Mm, I am on that train with you, man. Like CD Lamb, it, absolutely. And it pains me to say, you know, us, you know, Washington and Philadelphia fans here. It pains me to like, you know, just paint this picture for them. But he's, he's pretty special. Sometimes it do be facts, and you just got to acknowledge yeah. it. But, uh, yeah. yeah. But yeah, that that difference between the uh, the FF calculator data on Mark Andrews and the NFFC data, like, there's a pretty wide range there, or whatever. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I've been doing some tight end research. Uh, just here casually there and i've been tweeting it out if you uh, want to check it out again at herms nfl um yeah i mean once you get past uh, I, I created this table about like a preseason adp and where they ended up finishing or whatever just like by like slot by slot like tight end ones 
this is how it usually ends up panning out, the tight end two overall, blah, tight end three. Once you get past the guys that are ranked in the top three or four, the hit rate is just, it it falls off a cliff. <laughs> and uh, Mark Andrews is probably once again going to be one of those dudes, but I could see a scenario in which where, you know, maybe it doesn't quite pop off because it, it took a while for, you know, because Lamar Jackson struggled very early on last year, and that's what made it difficult for trusting Mark Andrews. So are we going to see more of what, happened at the end of the year or are we going to see more frustrating you know bullshit like we did at the beginning of the year i don't know it could be a little risky but i think that's why the wide range of outcomes is there um yeah and just getting down to this next group of players we have uh niners running back raheem morris uh my boy bobby trees robert woods up in the building pew, pew, pew. then we have the quarterback of the houston texans kenny galladay miles gaskin Dak Prescott, there he is. And then one of my homies, one of my boys. Because, uh, you know, I'm from the D.C. area, but my parents are from the Pittsburgh area. So I was born into Steelers fandom primarily. Uh, Deontay Johnson, everybody likes to make fun of the stone hands, but I got some thoughts on that that I will save. But uh, any thoughts on some of these players in this range? Um, So I, th- I think now's a good time to talk about the quarterbacks. I, I do want to... So I might go back a little bit. I'll talk about Murray Jackson. We mentioned Watson and Prescott here. Um, I, I think this is a fun point to talk about that. I uh, think the only, only quarterback I want to reach up and take like in the first like six rounds is someone who has legs that can actually be useful on the ground. So I'm kind of out on like Prescott Watson at this range because I'd rather just fill it with like talented players that we have here, like Woods, Galladay, uh, Gaskin, Mostert, maybe. Um, so I. I I just want to say I love Kyler and I love Lamar here. I would take them up here, be the only quarterback to here, but I feel like taking quarterback at this point is just it's just too early for me. Uh, there's still really talented guys there, and you can just fill it in later with like a Tannehill or like a Cousins, and then be fine uh, for your fantasy team. I think personally, uh, and I I right now uh, this might be probably this is definitely a hot take or whatever, but I have like Lamar as my number one quarterback in redraft because he has the legs to actually do that. Uh, I see Jay's got it too. Fuck yeah, or at least support that. Yeah, man, I love Lamar Jackson. Yeah, he's, he's the only one you can do that because the legs provide such a, first off, a low floor, and then also the ability to actually be like the number one quarterback and be worth that amount of uh, that amount of draft capital. So I just, I wanted to bring that stuff up. Because I also love Kyler. He wasn't a huge fan coming out of college, but now he's got a great team around him. He has the legs to do it. He doesn't get hurt when he runs the ball. He always like slides. He's got that baseball slide. Uh, and those two guys are just great for that. Really big fan. Um, and I know people mm-hmm. talk about like Josh Allen and that stuff too, but Josh Allen runs very different than those guys. He runs like a tank. He gets hit a lot. I worry that he might get injured from that. And he also stopped running a little bit more towards the end of the season. So I wonder if he's getting kind of away from that. So I think he doesn't exactly fall in that range that I'd be interested in taking on. But that's why I take on the quarterbacks in this area. I think Dak might be the one guy because that offense legitimately might be like 5,000 every season if they keep these wide receivers together. But (laughs) it is what it is. Yeah. I have a couple things on that because I, I first off I loved the Kyler slide comment because that is, it is so funny like he just like when Kyler slides he just like drops like yeah. he like avoids getting hit so so easily with that baseball slide uh Lamar Jackson man I love Lamar Jackson I've been kind of preaching for a little while too I'm just a, a big fan of his but also that I hate the narrative that like if they don't get a wide receiver like if they can get a wide receiver I think it could make like all the difference for Lamar Jackson which is why I was so bummed when they struck out in free agency time and time again on everybody. And uh, I don't really believe the narrative that like people didn't want to play with Lamar Jackson there, like the passing volume. I don't really believe that. I think guys just found situations elsewhere. Um, I am interested to see what they're going to do with their pick though. 
and really like who can fall there. Uh, there can be some good players still in like, you know, wherever they're picking in like the twenties in the NFL draft, um, especially at the receiver position where like typically there's always, you know, those players that fall for like Herm said earlier, there are other positions in the NFL and, you know, teams like to take other <laughs> positions sometimes. Uh, so Baltimore might be able to get, you know, a really good receiver in, in the first round or second round of the draft that I think could make a huge difference for Lamar Jackson. I don't know why he gets put on this like uh, island, I guess, where people think that it's not going to like benefit him to have a wide receiver. Kyler just got DeAndre Hopkins and look what it did for Kyler. Josh Allen just got Stephon Diggs. Look what it did for Stephon Diggs. I'm not comparing. I'm not saying that like he's going to be Josh Allen or this and that, but every one of them that gets a good wide receiver, it like helps significantly. So I don't know why Lamar Jackson's judged differently with that. Um, him and Mark Andrews connection is so fun. It's like backyard football. So uh, <laughs> yeah, I think that's just going to like keep getting better and better. Lamar in this range for me, like, like you said, I mean, I think he has like, you know, sky high upside. It's tough though with taking some of these quarterbacks. Like I, I got a little bit with that last year. I was pretty in on getting Lamar again last year after he won me some championships the year before with like his, you know, historic season. And it's tough, man, because there are always quarterbacks that go later where, like, I mean, Justin Herbert's down here, like, a little further who could have a huge season again. Um, even Russell Wilson, you know, is, like, lower here where, like, he could have, a, you know, a monster season again. Dak Prescott, like, I, yeah, could be, like, setting records depending on, like, what they do with that offense. Um, but I, I don't mind taking the quarterbacks here. Like, if you're, if you're going to pull the trigger on, like, a Kyler or Lamar Jackson, I mean – the running ability just like, you know, brings it to a new level and uh, it's kind of like a cheat code in fantasy when they, when they start hitting. So uh, yeah, I, I don't mind the quarterbacks here, but take, keeping note that like the Herberts and Wilsons and those guys a little later on are, are also interesting. hundred yeah. percent. And when, when you have an RB two that also happens to throw the ball, it's pretty nice to have that, you know, cause like you get a little bit of like two players in one and like, that's what, Lamar yeah. presents <laughs> like it's awesome yeah back to back years a thousand yards rushing like i don't i don't know i don't know what else people are expecting out of this it's it's a pretty great situation uh they added zeitler yeah, in the offseason i, I yeah. love him as a guard yeah i don't know why people don't just like appreciate lamar jackson more just like <laughs> in like the like beautiful thing that like we have in lamar jackson like i saw this video the other day of him and jair alexander at the draft when they both got drafted and it was Jair reacting to Lamar getting drafted and then Lamar watching it over later of Jair reacting to him getting drafted. <laughs> and like, dude, he's just like the best guy. And like, he's so good for the NFL. He's so exciting. Like he like does things like we haven't really seen, you know, in forever. And I feel like people are always trying to like find flaws in him instead of just like appreciating what he could be. Yeah. So. I'm appreciative mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah, I, I understand what you're saying because yeah. I, I love him. So yeah. Yeah, man. For I sure. know. I'm pre preaching to the choir for you if you're also you know, a fan of his. But like, I feel like on yeah. Twitter all yeah. the time, there's people just like trying to tear down Lamar Jackson. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Hey, for our, our show that we have yet to announce, uh, put it my way. I, I'd love to talk to some people about that stuff. So yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. And, and you, you know, it's uh, it's one of those things where you know, like with Lamar, you know, people trying to cut him down. Like I think we know why. Uh, but that's a oh, different no. topic uh, for another day entirely. Ooh. But uh. Actually, one thing I did want to highlight because his name was mentioned, uh, Justin Herbert, in the sneak ahead, boom, uh, fantasy football calculator data, he's at the number 62 spot-ish or whatever. But uh, looking at the NFFC data, he comes in on average around pick 50. So, you know, 
it is going to be interesting to see if his ADP ends up inflating to a point where he's not going to be one of those later round considerations because I don't know, man, if he continues to stay in that range, I could be like, oh, gosh. But historically, in terms of my personal roster construction, unless there is an insane value, I don't really think about quarterback until maybe around seven, round eight at the earliest. But hey, dude, if something incredible falls to you in that, you know, like round six range or something, then I'm like, okay, cool. But even even in round five, if somebody really dope is still around, maybe like a Lamar Jackson, maybe yeah. like a Dak Prescott, like, oh my gosh, dude, I'm pretty sure I'm going to have him either as my QB1 or QB2. Like, I just, I'm here for the Dak love. But yeah, man, I don't know. Like, it's cool to wait, but at the same time, if you get those legs, I mean, ooh, boy oh my gosh and then yeah. as far as uh one of the names mentioned uh, the quarterback of the oh, houston texans i am not a legal yeah, scholar okay. nor do i have any commentary on the other shit so listen to other people i don't have the time of day to give it so <laughs> anything else yeah uh the quarterback stuff because i know like like i'm just saying i think this pulls from like best ball data and i'm wondering how much of that is influenced by the quarterback stuff because you know best ball you probably take like two quarterbacks higher than you would normally you know, right? So I wonder if there's a little bit of that there, but I think it's good to just mention that in the way they fall. You know what I mean? Does that make sense, yes. right? Yeah, so I think there might be a little bit of that, you know, come time they maybe move back a little bit, but uh, currently, yeah, where they are is, like you were saying, I, I normally don't look like you do as well for, you know, drafting until we get to, like, round eight, but Lamar and Kyler, I might make an exception for that personally, just because of the legs. But yeah. I dig it. Uh, <laughs> any other thoughts on the quarterbacks? Because there are a couple of receivers I just want to quickly highlight. Yeah, I'm good. Talk about the receivers. Dude, okay, so Robert Woods, every single year, just incredibly good. Like, he's one of my dudes that, like, I, whenever I think about, uh, like, my my personal benchmark for figuring out how I feel about a receiver is just, like, how close are, like, are, like, it's uh, the Robert Woods line. It's just, like, how close are you to being as good as Robert Woods? If you are better than Robert Woods, then I absolutely adore you. If you are worse than Robert Woods, then it's just like, okay, well, I don't know. Then how? I'm starting to feel a little nervous about it. He is the benchmark for me as steady, reliable wide receiver. That is my guy. Like, I just, he's the poster child for me when I think of good fantasy wide receiver. Boom, it's Robert Woods. Just like, you know, it may not be the most sexy pick in the world, but like the last, like, three years in a row it always returns good value because in that rams offense you know and they like to do the little end around stuff with him too so i mean hey dude he's really good in open space and like you know just like don't forget his name because you know like he doesn't get talked about enough but whenever he does come up it's just like oh yeah i like robert woods and it's like yeah because you should because robert woods is very good at football <laughs> and the other thing uh deontay johnson i mean as somebody who primarily roots for the pittsburgh steelers i get the whole like Oh, but the drops, the drops, he's got stone hands. Okay, some of the drops, not great. Some of them that got counted against him, I legitimately believe are way more on Ben Roethlisberger than they are on Deontay because some of those throws last year when Ben was having a bad day, oh, God. <laughs> Just, I wanted nothing to do with it. Oh, my Lord. Like, I think, I mean, everybody likes to talk about, you know, like, who do we really feel between Deontay Johnson, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Chase Claypool? It's Yeah, it's going to be hard to figure out week to week which one you're going to like the most. But the safest bet of the three in any given week is going to be Deontay Johnson because he gets the highest target volume. That's just how it works. That's, that's what the Steelers offense does. They always pick the one dude that's just going to be like, okay, 
Like, we'll have the big play dude, we'll have the guy running around in the slot, but then there's going to be that other guy that we're just going to pepper with all the work, and that guy is Deontay Johnson. So, I don't know if there are any thoughts on the Pittsburgh wideouts, just because I know they kind of get discussed together, so I figured this would be a good opportunity to just talk about that. Uh, Any thoughts on Deontay or the other two aforementioned Steelers wide receivers? I I mean, I think all three of their, like, they're all, you know... (laughs) They're all fantasy relevant and they all have, you know, value to a certain extent. Uh, I think their ceilings are all, you know, ultimately capped by each other. I think, you know, Deontay Johnson, like that kind of narrative I was talking about earlier about who's going to make that jump to be like the top five receiver uh, next year. Deontay Johnson was a lot of people's answers on that uh, just because, you know, he gets the targets and like a, you know, a pass heavy offense like that. And uh, Juju was supposed to be gone. Well, Juju's not gone. And now there's going to be three of them still there. And I don't know, man, I I don't love Deontay as much as everybody else does in terms of his upside. I think this is a good range to take him. Um, But I I, honestly, I I like some of the wide receivers that are coming up in the next like 10 to 12 picks more than I like Deontay and more than I like Robert Woods and Cooper Cup right now. Um, I think there's some guys with like some higher upside that are a little bit lower. So as we were kind of talking about like the quarterbacks or even like the tight ends in this range, like a Mark Andrews or like a TJ Hawkinson here instead of, you know, a Deontay Johnson or Robert Woods and then getting some of these receivers that are a little lower that I think have like just as high, if not higher upside would kind of be the way that I would go. Um, I agree with you. Robert Woods is like the staple of consistency. uh, And I really like, I love like the, you know, the rushing upside with him too, that he gets like, you know, extra points like that. Um, but I, I like some of these wide receivers further down. So I think I would probably be going for trying to get one of these last t- I dig the vibe. I would like to bookmark TJ Hawkinson though. Just, just want to throw a little bookmark in there. Cause that's going to be a name that's going to be fun to talk about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I think with Woods, uh, I, I think he might be playing with the best quarterback he's ever played with in his career currently, I want to say, with Stafford. Um, yeah, I think so. I'm just going through, like, the, the Bill stuff, and I think I think he must be. Uh, so I'm excited for him. Uh, I, he's 29 now, so he's getting a little bit older, sure. But like you said, he's consistent, which I really like doing, especially on these early rounds. I want to make sure I don't fuck up these picks. So when I get to, like, 5, 6, and 7, I can go for higher upside guys. So I, I like Woods here. He, he's, he's a pretty good option for me, I think. Um, he's been, he's been I think, pretty underrated generally. Uh but um, regarding the Pittsburgh Steelers wide receivers, I think I'm team Juju for the best one here, uh, at least wide receiver value. I think I'm team Juju. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not really sure where I'm at because, yeah, I, I just don't know. He definitely catches the most balls, and I like that. He has. It seems like he's getting the most targets. He has like 134 compared to like 101, 100, I don't know, like seven for the other guys. So I, I like that a lot. Um, I think you're right about Deontay Two Firms with him being – uh, the the drops being a little bit uh, attributed to him falsely, I, I kind of agree with that. Roethlisberger has definitely had a big decline in I think his play. And he's still good for fantasy for sure, um, at least helping out the fantasy receivers also. But he definitely has declined for sure. And uh, Deontay does have some drops. He, he's had that issue a little bit, but I think it's overblown as well. I believe that to be accurate too. So I like him. I mean, the Steelers don't seem like they can ever do wrong with producing wide receivers. Whatever they're doing, it's worked for like 10, 15 years. So I kind of trust what they're doing again there. Uh, I believe, you know, any of those guys are pretty good. I, again, like I kind of said for Dallas, I'll probably take the one with like the, the lowest ADP and just see where it goes from there. 
I feel you 100%, man. And, you know, uh, our guest Jay is having a little bit of technical difficulty. So whenever he can, you know, hop back in and do that stuff, we will get uh, the tail end of the take that he was giving because I don't know if the audio cut out or whatever. But just for the people who will be listening to this in podcast form, like, oh, we realize it. Oh, we'll address it. Uh, but yeah, dude. Oh, man. Okay. Well, I guess I'm just going to try and keep this train rolling through a little bit. Oh, oh, oh. One of my favorite people to talk about is coming up. Oh, dude. So FF calculator data. Actually, well, uh, quick sidetrack. I'm just going to go ahead and see if there's any NFFC stuff that's kind of, you know, a little bit, you know, contrasting with what we've been looking at. Actually, oh, they got they got a lot of T. Higgins love. He actually doesn't yeah, even appear is. on the fantasy football calculator data until way later, probably in a range that we might not even get to today. But T. Higgins, that's a name, dude. I mean, I love him to death, like 100%. I know you feel similarly, Jesse. I mean, mm-hmm. like, t- and for the talk that's going around about, you know, like, hey, maybe they take Jamar Chase. It's like, I sincerely doubt that they're going to end up doing that. Like, mm-hmm. if they don't invest in Penny Sewell, I will be stunned. Now, I Same. mean, if Atlanta stays at four and they take Penny Sewell, then Ooh. I think it would be very it's a possibility that the Bengals could yeah. go there at five. Yeah. But, ah, oh, man. Dude. T. Higgins. Oh, I love him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, so I like T. Higgins, too. Um, so I'm just looking at the NFC data here. Uh, I, I wonder if it's a little bit too early. Maybe I'm just I'm not as excited about rookies as everyone else is or, or past rookies or whatever. Like, I see Thielen, Galladay, Moore going after him and Cup going after him. And I feel way more comfortable taking those guys than Higgins. I don't get me wrong though. I, I love Higgins. He's in a great scenario too with a great quarterback. They were very good last year together. Burrow comes back healthy. I think even if Penny goes, I hope they'll take like a guy like Slater next. But you know, obviously we'll see when the draft come, comes down to you know what it is. But Higgins, I love man. I really do. I just I wonder if this is a little bit too early considering the other wide receivers that go after him. It's kind of how I'm feeling right now. But don't get me wrong. Like, I don't think I'm going to have a problem with people taking him in this area. Like, I think the upside is definitely there. And he absolutely could be better than this, outperform for sure. But I'm just more comfortable, like I've been saying a little bit with my draft strategy, to go with guys who are a little bit safer in this in this place so that I can get guys a little bit later. Although we are getting to that point where, you know, we're looking for guys with higher upside to this point. But I just feel like, especially Galladay, Thielen's proven it. I don't know why we would be, you know, be super down on Thielen more. He was great with another wide receiver there. He's been great with another wide receiver who's like at his caliber, at least for fantasy, for pretty much his entire career, right? Uh, so, and then I just, I really like DJ Moore. I think the talent's there, but the quarterback situation, you know, we talked about that a little bit. But those are guys that probably take over him. So, you know, uh, maybe just a little bit lower, just a little bit, but if people are taking him there, like, sure, no problem at all for me. I dig the vibe. Uh, Jay, take yourself off mute, and let's see if these, uh, let's see if these new headphones work. Oh. Yeah, right. oh, I hear you. Are we yes. working good? Yes. All right, sorry yeah. about that. My, dude, my AirPods were at 100% by the time when the time we started, and I don't know if my AirPods are old or what, but they died on me, so uh, I don't have to finish my take. I'll, I'll start off kind of where we're at right now. Um, I also like, you know, DJ Moore uh, in this range. That was kind of who, I don't know where I, I cut off there, but what I was kind of alluding to with the, the uh, Robert Woods and Deontay Johnson range and some of those guys, um, I would rather take maybe the Mark Andrews or TJ Hawkinson get the end of like that potential elite tight end class there, or maybe, you yeah. know, the Kyler Murray or Lamar Jackson. And then cause because, because this next round of like DJ Chark, DJ Moore, Tyler Boyd for me, um, even Cl- Chase Claypool, like a little bit lower um, Juju, who, you know, we were g- just talking about all the Steelers guys. I like those guys a little bit more. So I think this is actually kind of a nice range for wide receivers in terms of guys with high upside. I'm a big DJ Chark fan. Um, I think with Trevor Lawrence coming in, man, it's going to be 
it's going to be cool for him. I think DJ Chark kind of like, you know, is going to be slept on this year after what happened, uh, what happened last year. He was very disappointing last year and I had him pretty much everywhere. So, um, yeah, DJ Chark, he, was, dude, he was disappointed too because he could cheat Luton and like Mike Lennon as a quarterback too. Like, you know, yeah. and, and Gunnar Minshew, I don't even think was that good last year, especially compared to what he was the year before. So like he, you're absolutely right. I'm a Jaguar fan. Uh, but I, oh, okay. <laughs> I yes, I, I know that stuff. I, I love Chark too. He, he's great. And he he's, was playing with yeah. such a terrible quarterback last year. It, it's going to be a major improvement. I, I totally agree with that. I think he's yeah. going to be a steal because, mm-hmm. you know, be, because of this. And, like, it's not like it's rocket science. You know, Trevor Lawrence yeah. is coming. It's something everybody knows. But he's a guy that disappointed a lot of people last year. So it's, people are going to be gun-shy to, to go back to him. But I like him in this range. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same. You know what I think is interesting there, though? You know, because, like, talking about Trevor Lawrence coming out of uh, Clemson, uh, the guys that he relied upon as, you know, receivers when he was there, uh, the aforementioned T. Higgins, and also a Justin Ross. What do those two have in common? They're built kind of similarly to DJ Shark. So there it is. Boom. I mean, we're you know, trying in. to prognosticate. <laughs> it's going to be a little strange. And like, keep in mind, because like, you know, like, yes, Urban Meyer being the head coach, but yes, also uh, Daryl Bevel there as the offensive coordinator, something I feel like needs to be talked about a little more because yes urban meyer will probably have a heavy amount of influence as to what they do but i don't think he would bring in a guy like daryl bevel just to you know sit around and do nothing so i don't know i just want to throw out you know that type of possibility or whatever but yeah in terms of projecting the offense uh yeah somebody like chark could certainly be very valuable and that can also be a thing in concert with the lavisca chanel love that we are all you know, hope for and desire. I think, I hope for that. Uh, yeah, I hope for that. Yeah. yeah, I'm not sure if it's there, but I hope for it for sure. sure yeah, like <laughs> both things are possible, I guess. And you know, and you know, a lot is made of like the Marvin Jones signing, but I think that's that's one of those things where it's like he had previously worked with Bevel in Detroit. Maybe there's just like a little connection there, just to you know, like hey, have somebody who already knows what's going on, like blah blah blah. Like, I'm not sure what type of you know in. Uh, like impact he's going to have on the Jaguars offense. But I don't know. I think it was a very, very good point to raise here because not a lot of people are giving DJ Chark the respect that he probably deserves because, you know, like, yes, the quarterback play last year, you know, like you don't want to ever experience that ever again. So, you know, like I don't care, honestly, who it would have been that they ended up with, whatever, rookie quarterback because like assuming they didn't end up with the first overall pick hypothetically if they had picked second or third whoever that person would have been was going to be an upgrade over what they had so like dude i don't know Yo, I'm, I'm here I, for that i'm here for I the have a, i have a take on this range right now that i was just realizing after looking at it and <laughs> man i really i just really like hope that if, if you're picking in like or drafting in this that you already picked your running backs by the time it's you know this sixth seventh round like comparing you know the guys we're talking about at the receiver position dj chark dj moore chase claypool t higgins to the guys surrounding them at the running backs is david johnson james connor aj dylan fournette uh like guys i mean we're talking about guys that have like potential high-end wide receiver upside compared to like david johnson or james connor who we don't even know where he's playing next year aj dylan i mean is gonna if if he gets time is gonna be like you know giving a significant amount of that to Aaron Jones. I'm not going to be like relying on him and Leonard Fournette, who I actually love. We don't really know what's going to happen with Fournette next year for fantasy. So I, I you know, I'm always a draft wide receiver or running backs early guy, but especially this next year, I think you're going to have to seeing, you know, how scary it gets in this like six, seven. Round. Yeah. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. 
this I is also... truly horrendous. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, like, would you rather take DJ Chark or, you know, James Conner right now? Or, yeah. or, like, DJ Moore or James Conner? Like, it's like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I think you're right, too, and I think this might be the personal thing, and I'm not sure how far I am with that, too, but I don't know how good the rookie running backs are going to be next year, even, uh, or this upcoming year as well, too. This is definitely not as strong as the classes last year, so yeah. there won't even be that much added through, like, the draft, you know? So I feel like there definitely won't be as many you can just rely on from yeah. before your draft. You know, mm-hmm. there's going to be like maybe three or four out of this draft class that are going to have like that sort of share in their offense mm-hmm. from day one. And the mm-hmm. other guys we're going to have to, you know, pick up on the waiver wire, I think, and hit on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, almost certainly. Because, I mean, like, um, we, we it's already been brought up. We'll take a little dive into it. Yeah, like the rookie running backs. I mean, like uh, Najee Harris. That's a dude. Yeah, we can probably count on him being impactful because uh, where he's projected to be drafted in the actual NFL draft are positions, you know, in offensive systems where I believe he will thrive. So, like, that is one. Sure, I'm here for it. And then, like, Travis Etienne, like, you know, uh, eh, it depends on where he ends up because he's a real home run hitter. And, you know, he doesn't really run with a lot of meaningful intent sometimes because he tries to just home run his way through people instead of actually, you know, trying to, like, make moves and do all this stuff. So, yeah, he's going to be pretty landing spot dependent. And then the names going down, you know, after that, like, yes, Kenneth Gainwell, you know, like, it's like it's a lot of the same shit because I really think it's like nazi harris we can rely on that and after him i have no fucking clue so (laughs) yeah i mean i i think you're right in terms of just the volume of it there's like you know almost double the amount last year where guys were like where we were drafting them and you can include even like Keyshawn vaughn and some of the other guys that didn't work that were still being considered and like you know these guys might break zach moss um, you know, I, I took a lot of Zach Moss, a lot of places. Oh, and same. then, yeah. <laughs> and then like all the other running back, the rookie guys that hit last year. Um, so I, I, yeah, I don't think there's going to be as many you can just rely on while you're drafting before the NFL season starts. So I think I have a little bit of an unconventional view on the running backs. I feel like Harris might be good in the future, um, but I don't think he's close to being there <laughs> currently. Um, and I think the other guys are possibly a bit more complimentary backs, or at least, you know, both of the guys at UNC were complimentary backs to each other, right? So I'm curious yeah. to see how they fall, where they go. And I think, uh, God, sorry, um, I was going to call him CJ Spiller, but Travis Etienne, because <laughs> um, that is my comp for him. He's worse CJ Spiller, so oh, I don't man. exactly love him. So uh, <laughs> he's another guy that I have, I have feelings about. But anyway, that's a conversation for another time. But yeah, I think it goes to the point that these wide receivers, for the value where they're at compared to the wide receivers, yeah, it's uh, it's, it's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, so. Yeah, it's like, that's honestly, as we were talking about it, and like one of you guys, I was just looking at it, and I'm like, you know, all these running, like I would not be drafting a running back here, and like there's all this meat at wide receiver that's still here. So especially mm-hmm. this year, I think, I mean, like every year, you know, by the time it really trickles down to draft time, everyone's like, you know, grab running backs, grab running backs, running backs are at the top. So that's nothing new, but I think especially looking at it this year, Mm-hmm. that's going to be the theme yeah, yeah hard it's, it's very it's going to be very tricky and like we have from a comment in the audience yet yeah, like harris by far number one running back in the draft after that who knows so yeah we're not <laughs> going to get a lot of those dudes that are going to be you know sapping value out of anybody although i want to say very briefly 
uh, a running back whose name does appear in this range, uh, Ronald Jones. Do not besmirch the name of Rojo. I stand Ronald Jones. I don't know if it's even rational at this point, but I just do. I just do. His like yards created on his own has they've just dramatically improved over you know his time in the NFL. He's yeah. still very young. I don't know. I want to believe he's he's probably my fetch guy. He deals with too much, man. Ronald Jones deals with like too much people. Just like like he's just is what he is. I don't think he's anything like. And I'm not I'm not like you know tearing him down i think he is still young he still has a lot of potential sometimes he looks great but like i don't get everyone's infatuation with like hating ronald jones you know it's like he's <laughs> what were you what do you expect him to be he's not like you know the top guy but he's fine he's a good running back i think i don't i don't mm -hmm. understand why everybody hates him so much yeah um lenny is like kind of is what he is he's just like a bruiser he runs in this stuff yeah. and roger is definitely more complex has way better vision because i just see lenny running into his own lineman over and over again but when he breaks out he's He's a good running back, but uh, I, still, yeah. Yeah, I had somebody on our show a couple weeks ago, Nick Farabaugh, who was talking about running backs with us in the draft, and he brought up the Bucks a lot as a team that he thinks could potentially draft a running back too, being that they don't, like, in the in the first couple rounds is what he was saying, because they, they don't really have any other glaring needs. And, you know, Rojo <laughs> and Fournette, Fournette's there with, like, a cheap <laughs> deal, you know. doesn't hurt to yeah. add another running back, so – yeah, that, that's possible. You're right, though, that they definitely have, like, that many holes. Like, their secondary is all really young and really good. <laughs> They've got, like, like, some pretty good pass yeah, rushers. they're going to have to, like, find areas to, yeah. to look to draft in. They, they're, you yeah. know, pretty stacked team. Yeah. Yeah, there's also Keyshawn Vaughn there, too. Um, But still, yeah, I – it does feel like – and they also – the thing about wanting to get guys or get the running back on Tampa Bay is that they have one of the best lines in the NFL. Like, if you want a running back behind that line, I feel like, you know? Um, yeah. We talk about, you know – the position obviously isn't great because he's splitting or whatever, but feels like if one of those guys is the and, guy, you, you definitely want that guy. Yeah, and Brady's really proven too, I think, with last year too, how we saw Fournette used at the end of the season also is, you know, people were bringing up a lot of James White going to the Bucks and like how cool that would be and like, you know, uh, he's got that pass catching skill set. But I think it's really whoever plays with Tom Brady is going to have to be able to catch the ball out of the backfield because he likes to dump off to those running backs. So regardless if Ronald Jones is a great pass catcher or Leonard Fournette is a great pass catcher, like they're going to get opportunities to catch the ball because Brady dumps it off. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Lenny, yeah. Thing, yeah, the thing is that Lenny definitely catches balls, which is crazy because I don't think he's that much of a better receiver <laughs> than Jones. But I, like, yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. I think Lenny's got a bad – uh. Lenny's, Lenny's got like a bad rap too. Like every other running back gets like, I feel like Lenny was in Jacksonville and Jacksonville was so terrible. And I feel like mm -hmm. it wasn't Lenny's fault that like he didn't really have anywhere. To, they had that one year where they were good in 2017. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you're right. The, the line hasn't been as much of a problem as other stuff has been, but I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I just, I think he, he his vision, vision sometimes is absolute dog shit. Uh, fair. I, I That's fair. That. But, yeah. but he, he is a strong dude. <laughs> he, he knocks over dudes, runs over dudes. I'm sure Herms knows. Uh, you know him in Pittsburgh. Uh, so that was that was some stuff with that Kamir yeah. thing. That was a that was a fun little meme. Yeah, Herms, what do you think Pittsburgh's going to do at running back? Oh dear God! Oh, oh <laughs> this is going to be a very complicated answer. Like, why why aren't they bringing Dude, back Connor? Is he too expensive? I, like, it's one of those things where it's just like I feel like God, like. They love Connor. Connor loves them, but it's just like a dude. We can't rely on you to stay healthy, and it's just—it's not his fault. You know what I mean? Like anybody who knows the story of James Connor 
loves James Conner. I mean, like, hell, and plus, I mean, like, shout out Erie, Pennsylvania. You know, that's where all my family's from. You know, that's where he's from. I got a soft place in my heart for James Conner. I absolutely adore him. I mean, like, my cousins, like, went to high school with him and stuff. Like, super, he seems like a really nice guy, but it's just like, I don't know. They need somebody they can rely on. And also, uh, quickly, a uh, comment from the chat. Is Keyshawn Vaughn that bad? I have no idea. <laughs> but maybe. Um, but, uh, yeah, and also, you know, the, the money is a little bit of an issue because, I mean, like, they don't have significant uh, cap space until uh, after this year in 2022, which, thankfully, I mean, the cap should expand. So they will be in a very advantageous position to, uh, you know, address a lot of concerns because this team in general is going to be undergoing a massive makeover but in terms of what i think they'll do um obviously offensive line is going to be a spot in the draft that i think they're going to need to address early but if a good offensive lineman is not there then i can easily see them take somebody like Najee harris has been you know it's it's been projected the entire time you know and you know he watching him he screams pittsburgh Steeler. but i was always just like oh well i don't know we got other needs but hey like if there aren't better players there that can help us address those other spots why not take a shot on him because currently with what's on the roster i mean like they love benny snell he is what he is uh we've seen enough of it and you know people like to talk about anthony mcfarland i mean like a good football player but uh the steelers like he's not the type of player that they will ever use as their primary back so you know all the mcfarland truthers i mean like he needs to go somewhere else for that to work because it's not going to happen in pittsburgh other possibilities i could see Somebody like uh, they attended the North Carolina Pro Day and had a, a lot of good things to say from what I heard. So whether that means Javante Williams probably won't be around by the time they pick next in the second round, uh, a Michael Carter I could potentially see. Uh, also, uh, Ramondre Stevenson out of Oklahoma. I know he's not really inspiring. He's more of the LeGarrette Blunt. But, I mean, like, that's the type of dude that Pittsburgh loves. To, <laughs> it's ground and pound, baby. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. like, yeah, you mm-hmm. know, like, I, I think that makes sense. Yeah, like, I think that's just, you know, it's what my boys do. So in terms of what they will do at the running back position, like, it's either going to be, it's either going to be Najee, somebody not that inspiring out of the rookie class, or, uh, I don't know, Kalen Mirage. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. But, hey, you know, when it comes to uh, the rookies and stuff, we're going to have a very, very interesting show that uh, I believe it has been confirmed now, uh, Peter Howard will be coming on to talk with us on uh, Monday, May 3rd. Like, just right after all that stuff, you know, locks up. So I'm going to be really excited to sit down and talk to Peter. That's going to be super dope. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we're we're over the hour mark at this point. I mean, if there's anything else we really want to talk about, like, I'm down to – like, I could talk all day about this shit. But, like, <laughs> and it, like we, yeah. we kind of abandoned going down the list of reading off the FF calculator stuff. But, like, hey, that's why I said – at the very beginning, like, you know, if you're, you know, listening to this in podcast form later on, pull it up, follow along, you'll see what we're looking at. So, you know, even if I'm not saying this directly to you, the listener, you're smart, you have a computer, or you have a phone, an iPad or something, a tablet, like, you can pull it up, you can put on your headphones, do whatever, follow along, look at the stuff, because, again, like, the purpose of these exercises is really, like, less about assigning, like, concrete opinions and more about just like, hey, a lot of stuff's happening in football right now. We got to get those gears grinding. We got to start thinking about this stuff and getting back into the mindset of player valuation. And for the second week in a row, I think we've done a really, really good job of this. And like, dude, these conversations are great. Oh, man, I, I love this to death. 
Yeah, true. Um, I'm not really sure I have anything else to add. I feel like we covered these people appropriately. I'm glad we didn't get to Herbert yet because I didn't want to uh, yell at anyone. So I'm happy we were here there. Um, in chat, at least, or anywhere on the chat. I'm not sure how you feel about him, uh, Jay. But uh, yeah, I think I think I'm good. Do you have anything final to say, Jay, uh, about you these know, guys? I want to hear how you feel about Justin Herbert really quick. Uh, I hate go. Justin Herbert. He's, he's not that good. I don't think he's that good. He's like, um, like especially for fantasy here. Like, I think he's yeah. a better fantasy quarterback than a real life one. But uh, yeah, I'm just not a fan. Okay. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. This was fun. Um, I typically this this time of year, I'm looking at a lot of the dynasty stuff and, and doing that. So this was kind of fun to like dial it back and look at more of the redraft ones and just thinking like that one year ahead. Um, you know, I like doing that. That's what I play in like most of, you know, I play in some dynasty leagues, but we all play a ton of re redraft leagues too with, with all of our friends and everybody. So this was fun to do, man. I really appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, you can find Find me, you know, every Thursday at 14 personnel uh, at 14 P underscore pod, uh, you know, doing my show with uh, with Ben C. We're having we're having a blast over there. So uh, we'll be doing some more draft coverage and then get back to the fantasy stuff after that. But um, yeah, man, thanks for having me on. That's that's all I got. Hell yeah, my dude, Jesse, let people know again where they can find you and uh, some stuff that you're up to. Yeah, um, I don't really mean to tie the uh, Bacon Games Fantasy Sports to Herbert hate, but apparently that's where I'm going. Uh, but yeah, you can find me. You can find me at uh, BGF Sports on Twitter. Um, I think I post some pretty fun stuff, some pretty cringe stuff. Pretty fun to talk to, I think. Um, and yeah, I do work for the lateral. I love hanging out with everyone here. Love firms. Everyone's at a great time. Um, and I do my own stuff. But yeah, Bacon Games. So yeah. Dude, definitely, you know, because like I always say, you know, Bacon Games Fantasy Sports, dude, Sister Network, definitely check out all the stuff that comes out. Hey, I sat down and uh, talked to Jesse about trading cards. That was uh, an episode of a podcast that got published recently. Dude, that was a really fun talk. Uh, I was a little out of it that day, but I think it made, I think I made sense. <laughs> it was but, good. Uh, it was, I liked it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely a fun time. And, uh, you know, you will also be having a little upcoming uh, YouTube thing that, you know, we're still fleshing out the details, but I'm pretty excited about that. Maybe we won't announce that now, but, you know, we'll, uh, you know, if you want to tease a little something about it, I'm, I'll, I'll give you the floor. Justin Herbert will be discussed. That's all I'm gonna say. There you go. <laughs> Boom. That's what we in the industry like to call a teaser. Ah, shit. Look at that. The execution was fucking flawless. Okay. You can find me on Twitter at Herms NFL. You can find the stuff that I do. Like I said, you know, a eh, little cross pollination. I have a YouTube show with 14 personnel in Herms terms. You can check that out on their YouTube channel. But for all intents and purposes, the lateral is my baby. It is my baby. It's my boo thing. I love it to death. Oh, my gosh, Gene. Also, well, I do some stuff with the Rum Boys as well. Got to show love to the Rum Boys. Robbie's going to be coming on with uh, McLateral in the next few weeks. That's going to be super fun. But, uh, but yeah, dude, Lateral is where it's at. We got some YouTube stuff coming up. We got, you know, a ton of really fun guests that we're going to be announcing soon that, like, oh, my God, dude. We're going to have some really, really cool shows coming up. And also, uh, we're going to be going live just like literally everybody else in the industry during the NFL draft during that uh, that first uh, that first round because it, it it intersects with uh you know our Thursday show the lateral ver uh, weekly variety hour ish so you know we're just going to have all four members of the lateral on at the same time for the first time it feels like the first time and we're just going to you know maybe I'll wear a tie maybe I won't and we're just going to react to everything that's going on i mean like hey you'll have like a myriad of choices of people that you can you know hop in with and do all that stuff with but uh we hope that you choose us i think it would be super neat 
And uh, I don't know, for Jay and for Jesse, I am Herms, and we will talk to you guys next week about something. Woohoo! Peace out. Thanks for tuning in to the show with no name, everybody. Until next time, adios.